Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. You're listening to the Dad Bod Golf Pod with Kyle Rush, Ben Taylor, and Nate Pass. What's up, everybody? We're back again. It's the Dad Bod Golf Pod, episode 101. It's our one of our favorite days of the week, Friendship Friday. Not only do we have friendship, but we probably got our tee time set. We're ready to go. Yes. Uh, it's Kyle, Nate, and Ben, and PGA Tour Pro Scott Stallings. We finally harassed him enough. He's going to jump on and join us for uh, Friendship Friday. Scott, what's up, dude? We're so happy that you finally get finally get to do this with us. Auburn is in Central Time, in case y'all didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> Scott, we know you've been waiting a long time to be on this podcast, and we're glad we could finally yeah, make it up for you. We nailed down the yeah. – uh, we definitely nailed down the uh, time zone thing this time, so we're, we're, we're ready to rock and roll. <laughs> ready to rock and roll. So, yeah, you, got a little, you got a little time off before, I guess, uh, you play again. So, uh, just kind of wanted to touch base, uh, get to talk about – what it's like to be a tour pro um, and just kind of tell us your story. Cause you can, you have a very cool story. I think um, mm-hmm. uh, can change in like your whole body, the whole style that you play golf. Uh, I look, we, that's the stuff that we're interested in. So uh, just kind of go back. Like we all, I'm always interested to know at what point in time did you say, I'm going to be a pro golfer like this and this, I'm, I'm good enough. I'm going to be good enough. What was your aha moment? I guess that, that you're going to be good enough. Sometimes I'm like, how do I still do this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. I, my coach, and I played at Tennessee Tech, uh, my coach in college, um, you know, my junior year I was an All-American. And, you know, coming from our school, that was a big deal. And, you know, to make it to the NCAA tournament as an individual. And, you know, I got to spend a lot of time with him. He played uh, on tour uh, in the 70s, and I just spent a bunch of time with him one-on-one, and he just kept telling me, he's like, you owe it to yourself to give it a shot. And, man, I didn't know anything about it. Uh, but I just knew that, you know, that was something I always thought about, but I didn't really know what it was. But I think kind of being on that stage of, uh, you know, a, a national event, you know, playing in the All-American, playing in, in guys that I saw there, you know, name and you know golf week i mean that's how old i am <laughs> that's how we looked at the golf rankings week. <laughs> golf week rankings uh i remember the first time i made the top 10 in the golf week uh college rankings i'm like all right maybe i could maybe do this yeah kind of going on from there but you know my coach was always kind of on me a little bit as far as you know you know trying to you know always in the back of my mind but uh, <laughs> maybe I had a little bit of entitlement kind of once he put that on me, I missed, uh, an economics exam. Uh, and this professor kept telling me that, uh, you know, I was doing pretty good in the class. And then once the season start, like my grades just like, plummeted. I mean, I passed sure. and like, Priorities. you know, did, did, did okay. But he's like, you really need to start thinking about it. And I, I played college tennis and I did this and, I said, sir, with all due respect, I didn't sign that golf scholarship to take your econ class. <laughs> and uh, But I said with all due respect. <laughs> yeah. That's like the bless your heart thing. Like, yeah. if you say bless your heart, like you yeah. can insult, have the biggest insult ever, but as yeah. long as you say bless your heart. Um, 
but you know, and to how that grade go for I, you? I was in between a B and a C, and you can, you know, we don't need to talk anymore. You know, you, what didn't, I got. you didn't get the B. Uh, I can promise you. I did you. not get the B, but I did go back. Uh, the my F, he was my advisor, and basically the guy that helped me come up with like a business plan of how to turn pro. Uh, he had me come back at school. Um, this was after I'd already been on tour for a couple of years. He asked me to come speak back to the business class that I was in. And I saw the guy on in the hallway and I was like, that's the man. Like I knew he knew, he knew who I was and I knew who he was. And he stopped me in the middle and made a huge deal. He's like, I tried to talk this guy to playing pro golf. There's like a big thing on like the guest of the day at the business hall. And he said, you see where his name is. It was like honored guest of the day. And he said, you see where my name is. And it was like all the faculty down in the corner. And yeah. uh, you know, we always give each other a hard time. His name's Steve Isabel. He was a professor at Tennessee tech. Great dude. But Shout out, Steve. I don't know. He he probably hated me forever, but uh, I don't know. It's a great story. story. It's a great story. I tried to talk Scott. <laughs> I gave Scott Stallings a C in econ. Yeah. <laughs> I tried to talk yeah. him out of being a pro golfer. That's I that's great. He was getting a big. Well, I showed him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So so the right now from college, it's pretty clear cut the path. Uh, you, you know, you kind of work your way. Uh, everything runs through the Corn Ferry Tour. Um, Q school is for the corn ferry tour. You got to go through the corn ferry to get to the tour. Um, how were things? Uh, I mean, it wasn't a terribly long time ago, but it was different. Like how, what was the journey to get, to get uh, to the PGA tour? Because once you got there, you, you pretty much been there the whole time. So. Uh, well, I, it was different. I mean, you know, I had to have some sponsors. I had some local guys get me going and, you know, guys that gave me a chance to do something I wouldn't have the opportunity to do otherwise. And, you know, investing in a golfer is literally the worst thing you could ever do because you're investing in like a human. Like, I mean, I could, I mean, y'all made fun of me walking down my driveway in the dark, but I mean, I could fall face first and never play again. I mean, just kind of the, the craziness of life that comes in and just the, you know, who, who knows, but I mean, I had some unbelievable guys come alongside me and, you know, give me an opportunity for my wife and I go out there and give it a run. And, um, I played a kind of a combination of the Hooters tour and the e-golf tour for, you know, right just under two years. And then I was fortunate enough. I went and got my, I finished 26th at Q school at Bear Lakes and literally thought my life was over. Um, you know, missed my tour card, never going to have a chance oh. to do it again. And that was when the 25 went to the PGA tour. PGA tour. Yeah. And then, and then, like if you fast forward like 12 months after that, and I was having that conversation of after getting my tour card and maybe like 14 months when I actually played my first two months on tour and I literally got my head beat in, um, <laughs> because I missed my first five cuts on tour. <laughs> oh boy. Wow. And I was like, I've wanted to do this my whole life. Why am I miserable? <laughs> <Yeah. Ooh. laughs> uh, but, um, you know, it honestly is probably the best thing that ever happened. You know, I, I missed my car by a shot. And like literally three and a half weeks later, I was on a flight to New Zealand. I mean, I traveled a little bit, but I mean, country boy from Tennessee, you know, kind of a confused redneck that likes all Boston sports. So there's a yeah. lot of storylines all the way in there. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, going, I'm, going to, I'm going to Australia, New Zealand, and off it went, man. Uh, I didn't get my card through the, uh, the season, but I played well enough to keep my card, but basically have a free run at going to the finals of Q school. And we were on the fourth hole at, it's like 
Panther, Paw, and Crooked Cat at Orange County, I think. Yeah, down in Orlando. Yeah. Yeah, we were on the fourth hole, this dogleg right, par five. And I was staying with my buddy Scott Brown, who's literally one of my best friends to this day. No, Scott. And awesome dude. And I hit this drive, and it was like Tiger Woods, like just perfect. Like nice, just shaped the hole, like way out there. And he looked at me and said, Bubba, if you don't get it done this week, you ain't ever going to get it done. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love it. And uh, I, fin- I finished in the tw- top 25, got my card. Um, and then I've you know, been very fortunate enough to do it for this as I started my 12th season. So that's that's uh, awesome. Wild. That was what year? What year? Did, so what year did, would you you're you're officially you're on the tour now? 2010. That was I got it. I got December 2010. 11 was my first year, but then they transitioned like when the season started and ended. And mm-hmm. yeah, you know, there there was the the gray tournaments that like no one knew what they were for, but they were kind of a big deal, but no one cared. Yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah. No, I know what you mean. Like the Viking no, classic. No, we yeah. we have yeah. to we have to do pods on some of those tournaments. Trust <laughs> me, we know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> well, you come out. I mean, you so you you get your card in that December of 2010. Mm-hmm. So. 2011 is your first real year you win your first year you win the Greenbrier so uh that's you know that's you know awesome in and of itself so like your first win as a PGA Tour uh player is in your first year like do you just feel like you're about to go win like 12 majors after that like how do you how do you feel after you win your first year on tour like what does that feel like I mean, it's definitely a dream come true, and it's a total life change of everything, kind of the sort of, like, I mean, I've dreamt about this my whole life. And, I mean, you asked earlier about, you know, playing pro golf. I mean, I think anyone that plays at a high level, I mean, you always think about doing it against the best. Um, And then it kind of happens, and you're just like, oh, man. (laughs) Uh, I remember there's a picture in our house uh, of me hugging my wife on the 18th, green after I won in the playoff and she said please don't let me go I have no idea what to do <laughs> and I said and I literally hugged her and gave her because she was like me either yeah I think we nailed it but I think we nailed it yeah yeah so, so uh, did you get did you get starstruck did you you know playing with some of those guys I know that we, you know we've asked some pros that and they're like yeah but once you've practiced with a bunch of people but it sounds like going out there and, and winning your first year people knew your name then. I mean, that's, that's not something where you're, you're trying to, you're trying to get pairings on a, you know, on a, on a practice round. Then you like, that guy won last week. That's the guy that won last week. Like all of a sudden yeah. you're known then. Uh, yeah. I, I guess to a certain extent, like, uh, yes and no, I don't know. I mean, it was just kind of a very surreal feeling of, you know, missing my first five cuts on tour to like talking about, like so then I went I, I was supposed to go to Reno mm-hmm. from the Greenbrier on a charter like I made the charter completely late next thing you know I ended up on a different airplane <laughs> going to Akron <laughs> which is yeah. a lot different and then from Akron going to Atlanta Athletic Club for my first major and it's like hold yes. on <laughs> I remember yes. like I played okay at uh Akron but I remember waking up on Thursday at my first major ever and just almost like rolling out of bed until my wife's like, I need like the world to slow down a little bit. Oh yeah. Um, like I, I didn't, I don't know, as you get older, you definitely get wiser. I mean, just through experience and everything. 
I did not. The unfortunate, the the positive and negative thing about pro golf is like there's this there's two sides to look at it. There's the always the chase, like hey, I'm going to do this, then it's going to give me an opportunity to do this, an opportunity to do this, and that's why the guys that are truly established at the highest level, like I mean, they just have a ton of discipline to while they're always like striving you know, to be the best version of themselves on and off the course, they just have a little bit of a way to kind of compartmentalize that side of, you know, not the chase and, you know, trusting in the ability that their schedule is good, their game's good. And, you know, I just never been in a situation like that. So I was like, man, gas pedals on the right. Here we go. Let's 37 go. events later, I was, I was the redneck <laughs> some JM. <laughs> just That's if there so was true. a tournament if there was a tournament i played one of the greatest quotes on this pod the, re- ever. the redneck <laughs> is so true it's a good instagram talk- handle if you want we, to change it to that yes, i think it's probably to, available change it because we have talked about him constantly and play all the tournaments he plays in and how the guy's just a machine yes so, so i mean just a you know a completely different flip like I was playing all these tournaments because I've, I've had to, you know, trying to get And the next thing you know, it's like, man, I get to go. They, they're going to let me come here. I was like, sweet. <laughs> so then I Let's ended up go. playing all these other tournaments and, uh, you know, stuff that I never even thought about. And um, I remember I got an HSBC in China uh, my rookie year and I, you know, thinking of all the shots that you've seen, like the drivable 17th, that par five, 18th over the water. And I was like, I've seen these holes, like, yeah. and I'm in freaking China, like playing the golf against the best players in the world. And, you know, it was just kind of that, the, probably like the two or three months after me winning was just like, looking back at, to, if you would have told me like all the stuff that I got a chance to do, like, that was pretty wild. And I mean, I was, you know, very, very thankful for the opportunity that it gave me and the opportunity and chance to speak to guys like yourselves and, you know, kind of tell a different side of it. I mean, people know about golf and how we play and different things like that, but that stuff's kind of boring. But, you know, hearing all the nuance and the different things that people don't know about is what I think is sort of interesting. Yes. So real quick, <laughs> you said you said 37 events. I mean, that's a – is that 37 events in a season? That's not back-to-back, right? I mean, you had a couple breaks. No, that's all. That's all. I slept in, I slept in my bed – I was I played 37 events and I was in Knoxville, Tennessee, Knoxville, Tennessee, 37 days my rookie year. Wow. That's, that's not what that's, a grind. That's, that in case you were wondering, that's not sustainable. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. And is there is there a couple? I mean, there's a couple guys like that, right? There's a few of your of the of these dedicated core group of just of the Sung JMs of the tour that just I mean, you see them every week, right? I guess, but man, like, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I don't know how they do it. Maybe they still have anything else to do, but uh, <laughs> just go yeah, get it. I'm not saying you're, you're married that's, at the time too, right? You're, you're married. Yeah. I've been, point. I've been married. Uh, I got married right out of college. I took, I took my clubs on our honeymoon and nice. I don't know how my wife still puts up with me. Um, we were telling this, uh, we were at our, with our, some friends from a church that don't really know that much about golf and, uh, we're going on a little, uh, weekend trip here with our, our pastor and some of our uh, friends coming up and, uh, just talking about like taking holidays and different things like that. And it was like, I think it was five years into our marriage that we went on a trip that didn't involve my clubs. Oh, wow. So you got to go. With it. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. big. 
I don't really make them like that, Scott. She's a team player. Yeah, yeah. she's she's definitely a winner, and uh, I don't know. Maybe if she's lo- I'm a winner. Uh, is the best way to say that, but <laughs> yeah. I, I definitely wouldn't be where I am without her. She's been a, a huge. Uh, she's my biggest supporter and my biggest critic at the same time, and uh, kind of that happy medium, and kind of knows when to turn it on and turn it off. And with two kids, we have a I have an eight year old son Finn and a five year old daughter Millie. And we have a one-year-old golden doodle who is uh, slowly taking over our entire house. So yes, nice. they do that. They'll do <laughs> We're that. We're figuring that's, it out. So that's pretty cool. You went on a church trip with a guy who doesn't know much about golf, but he's hanging out with a professional golfer. That's that's a pretty cool story. That's kind of, that's kind of how our relationship started. He's like, man, I I don't really know. And my my dad's a pastor, and um, you know, just got, we I I knew a lot more about his job than he knew about my job, and uh, we just kind of <laughs> became friends and. Uh, we had a, a mutual, we had a mutual acquaintance and kind of put us together. And I mean, he's been a, a great resource for me, uh, both on and off the road and him and his wife have become, you know, some of our best friends here in Knoxville where we live. That's awesome. Have you got your young, young ones started playing golf yet? I'm, I've got kids similar ages and I'm trying, I'm trying to, you know, figuring out how to make that happen. I don't know, man. It's totally different when, when golf is the thing that takes you away from home. And, you know, my kids are definitely of the age and school and different things like that. The last thing I want to do is, is put them in something that they already have, not like a disdain for, but just like a negative taste. That's kind, I of, guess, what a da- bit. That's kind of what dad does. Like, yeah, let's try to do something a little bit different. That's what takes so my son. Away. Yeah. My son does flight football, done nice. soccer, baseball, basketball, and, you know, I want them to do everything. That's what I did. I played every sport and, um, you know, kind of the specialization stuff and that's happening in youth sports now is, uh, something that I would like my kids to try to avoid. Mm-hmm. Uh, my daughter has done some dance and gymnastics and that's a different, um, I thought golf parents were weird. <laughs> yeah. I mean, goodness gracious. So the dance moms, Nate can attest to this. He works not far from where my daughter takes dance. And usually when I drop her off, I'll drop off and I'll drop by and see him. I'm like, man, this crazy woman was doing this. And this lady was, they take take it seriously. They are so serious about it. And I'm the, I'm the redneck guy that's over there. I'm like, Hey honey, just go have a good time. Everything looks great. Yeah. That's awesome. (laughs) We're, we're all about like, all right, you have more clothes on than any little girl out there. That's positive. (laughs) And like, you have a good attitude. Your hair looks great you're smiling it's It's pretty great like we're winning winning Um, yeah so you know just a a different kind of thing but you know my I started a a few years ago I started a program called kids play free and the like if you see it on my bag or different things like that that we do with social media the silhouette that is of my son from the master's par three tournament so he even though that people don't realize it's him he knows so yeah you know, we've got a couple of courses here in town where kids can basically 365 days a year go play for free. Um, That's awesome. And kind of give them a chance to to go and learn from the game. And so he'll be interested in that if his friends are interested in it. But kind of more or less, he's just kind of going to do whatever. But uh, I, I practiced with some of the Tennessee guys, and they were all laughing at me. He came out to hit balls with me one day, and. I mean, he at the top of his lungs yelled at me and said, I don't know what I'm doing as he's trying to hit this driver out of this bunker, like a greenside bunker. And he can't <laughs> figure out why it's not coming out. I was like, buddy, like all these guys listen to everything I say and you won't listen. Like, 
So I'm going to let one of my friends teach him. <laughs> yes. That's smart. That's smart. That's smart. Uh, so getting back to golf, just a tad. So what would you say is your most uh, like memorable either moment accomplishment? Like what's, what's the thing that you would like, you would hang your hat on. You're the most proud of so far in your golfing golf career. I mean, 12 straight years, uh, 12 straight seasons exactly. on tour. I'm super proud of, yeah. uh, and just kind of going on the, all the life stuff and family and, you know, just the, you know, changes that I've done over the last few years and, you know, just to kind of be able to manage all that. And, you know, when I sent that, went down that road, like I was never, uh, you know, golf was never the priority. Um, I actually like withdrew from a few tournaments, like to make sure like, uh, I remember being at Fort Worth and I got a chance to go see the guy at UCLA, which, you know, that's a story of its own, but, um, you know, a guy called and said, I can see you on Thursday. If not, I'm, I'm going out of town for like a month. And I said, man, I don't want to wait. Like I, my life is more important than my career right now. And, um, I need to kind of figure all this stuff out. So, you know, the way to kind of be able to battle all that and, um, you know, you know, feel like I came out the other side and, you know, not yeah. that, uh, always striving to get better and surround myself with people that are going to push me to find the best version of myself. And hopefully I can rub off on them a little bit, but, um, you know, I would say that's probably the, the proudest moment. Was there let's another talk, question in there? As far no, as that's like it. The, no, that's the, it. No, that's no, it. That okay. covers no. So, but let's talk about that a little bit more because Scott used to be a dad bod. And we're the dad <laughs> bod, dad bod golf pod. And yeah, now he's got the chiseled and chin and he's and got the, he's got the muscles. And you're, all that. you're inspiring to us. You're inspiring to us. Um, I almost walked 18 holes the other day just because I knew I was going to uh, be on a pod with you. But so, you didn't. Uh, but I didn't. Yeah, that would, I, been, I, that would, been, that would been the poorest decision you could have I made. Still might. I still might. Let's talk about this. Like, um, you know, we talk about it. We talk about Rory doing his his deal and how from fat Rory to fit to Rory, fit Rory, and uh, you know the the time it may take to kind of get used to your new body. And I mean, surely your your swing has to change a little bit. Like, talk us through that whole that whole um, I guess the the turning point. What made it have to change, and then like the process of it, and you know it, all the ins and outs. So. Did you eat a lot of Subway, or is that just no. No, I think uh I mean a, a culmination of like I'm trying to make every excuse on earth, uh blame everyone else, you know, everything that you would hear from anyone that's you know unhappy or has adverse circumstances, you know, whether it's you know, body, life, addiction, whatever. I mean, it all culminates to the same. Like, you know, it was no one's fault. At the end of the day, it was no one's fault other than my own. Uh, I had enabled, justified, done every sort of uh, life decision based off of how I played as far as, I mean, and it's not to the excess of like, you know, I mean, just not taking care of the things I need to take care of. It's like, man, I play good. I can kind of do it. I can eat what I want. I don't have to work out. I, you know, I, I don't have to think of how I sleep. Uh, you know, n- none of these things are just, if my golf score is good, everything else take care of itself. Mm-hmm. The next thing you know, you wake up, you're 29 and you're wondering why you feel like crap every day. <laughs> 
and, yeah. you know, just different things like that. But to be honest, in the spot of I had tried to make some changes just to start seeing like the difference in how I felt, but I had no resilience in order to make the change that it needed. So like I was trying to do a little bit better, but like my baseline was so bad. Like, yeah, I, got, I really had, you know, nowhere to go, but further down. Right. So you know, that was kind of what got me to this spot. And, you know, I was able to find a couple of doctors to help evaluate a few different things. And, you know, I started making one better decision than the other and, and going from there, but like, not to just hammer you, but like, man, what's the deal with 18? Like, let's try nine. Let's try like a few days yes. after work you and, dig start right. and start building off of that. Like, yeah, I'm with you. Paul Tesori. All right. And, he is, he's Webb Simpson's caddy. Webb is a very close friend of mine on tour. And I played with them on Sunday at Sea Island. Um, and Paul asked me on the, on the 13th hole, he's like, man, I have unhealthy relationship with food. I'm like, he's like, I, I, I work out real hard and then I eat bad. And it's like, I earned it or I'm owed it. And I'm, I, I do all these different things. And I was like, why? Like, is it ever okay just to say that you just wanted it? And that's, that's okay to say. He's like, well, not in my mind. I was like, why not? It's like, cause you've just like, kind of like screwed yourself in terms of your thinking and the way that you, you know, it's like this cause and effect or this justification mentality, which kind of takes place of everything. And then it's like, I got to hammer down. I mean, everyone yeah. probably overindulged on Thanksgiving, like everyone. And then you hear these crazy, like thousand calorie workouts that people are doing Friday afternoon. It's like, why? you had a good day, you had enjoyed your family, like, let's jump back on, let's, let's follow the process. And, you know, you know, one step in front of the other, instead of this huge, like peaks and valleys moment, like, you're not gonna go walk 36, but you may walk nine after work one day. Yeah. And then next thing you know, you're like, man, I walked nine holes four days this week. And I mean, that's more holes than you walked in the last year of your life. <laughs> right. <laughs> then, exactly. it starts to, then it starts to build off of there, not to hammer Paul, but it was just more of, he just sent me a, a text after he's like, I just never thought where I could just literally like draw a line in the sand. Like, it's okay for me to want to enjoy this, but I'm, I'm going to have enough discipline and, you know, kind of everything else I do not to hammer myself, but to enjoy the fact that I can, whatever it is. And I mean, he was just more along going along with everything that he was going to eat on Thanksgiving. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> and, and like the, the detriment it was going to have mentally, as far as like what he was going to have to do to make up for it. Instead of just saying, man, I'm going to really enjoy the day with my friends and family. And like, I'm going to wake up Friday and like step back, back on to work. And, yeah. and, and get back to work. And, you know, I, I mean, unfortunately I was the same way. I was like, man, if I just like, I had used to have these cheap, days that were I mean like unbelievable but at the end of the day like math wins like all the math nerds win <laughs> yes and if you're at a five if you're in a if you're at a 500 calorie caloric deficit for six days and you eat 5,000 calories over <laughs> yes. on your cheat day like math wins <laughs> yeah you just uh, negated everything you just <laughs> yeah it's it's over <laughs> Yeah, but you know, just I mean, you know, I was an idiot. I mean, I tr I tried to do you know <laughs> this huge like crash and then like fall and like feel like there was no like you know, man, we're just gonna we're gonna have these little ripples. We're not gonna have these huge peaks and valleys. We're gonna understand. We're gonna take little dips. We're gonna take little gains, and you know, you know, figure out the best way to go and and kind of find what works best for me. Uh, I get. I don't know if ridiculed is the right word, but I get questioned a lot about some of the ways that I train. And to be honest, like I never went into it 
for golf, I went into it for as a little bit more of a mental challenge to, you know, the, the monotony of golf sort of, you know, took a little bit of the love of the game away. Cause yeah. I mean, ultimately there's the only ways to get better is time and you know, how much you're willing to commit to what it's going to take to get. I mean, there obviously that's easier said than done, but at our level, like, you know, finding the little nuances and different things to, to make a significant gain at our level is time and, you know, right. finding, you know, the little bit of things to kind of make up the difference in, you know, whether it's a quarter of a shot around or, you know, figuring out all those different things. So I wanted to find a way to, you know, you know, have a little bit more creativity in the way that I trained and, you know, sort of the, you know, higher intensity CrossFit ish, you know, whatever you want to call it style training, a very much appealed to me. Nice. And in the term of like, I could write a workout and do it basically seven different versions of it in seven different days and get completely different results, whether it was a programming set, whether it was time, whether it was on the minute, whether it was AMRAP, all these different things. And it became such a mental escape from the sort of day in day out grind of golf. And, you know, that's kind of what it appealed. And so I put a little bit of that together, a little bit of diet together, a little bit of sleep recovery. And next thing you know, you know, you kind of get to this point, wherever I'm at. <laughs> so do you do I mean, CrossFit? Yeah. So oh, yeah, he, you do, yeah, he, he do CrossFit. Oh, not only did he, not only did he CrossFit. He, you're in a, you're started, in a CrossFit dungeon right now. He, he started, <laughs> he started to, he started training with like the number one CrossFitter in the world. Uh, well, Blaine Barber. I mean, like, so you know, if you, <laughs> yeah. if you were gonna, if you were gonna like say like you grew up and you had like access to like Tiger, but you didn't yes. really play golf, but you like knew he knew about Tiger. So I went to, uh, uh, Rich Ronan with Tennessee Tech. We didn't really know each other very well at school, but after the fact, we had done a few different things with the, the university, and I just started kind of dipping my toe into training a little bit. And I said, "Hey, man, I think I'm going to give this a go. What do you think?" <laughs> and he's like, "Well, <laughs> he's like, you know, you're not really going to do to the extent of like what I do." He said, "But like, there's a lot of benefit that could help." So I mean, I basically had a chance to learn from him. So that kind of fast tracked a little bit of the way to, you know, get me to where I am today. And I mean, I've had the chance to, whether like Olympic athletes, high level CrossFit athletes, you know, military guys, you know, strength coordinators, you know, endurance athletes, all the different, it's been crazy. The number of people that I've had a chance to take, you know, a little bit of my story and go and kind of learn from people that are the best in, in the world and what they do. So it's been super cool. So, it, is this overrated or underrated? All right. So did you, was there much time adjusting to, you lost like 50 pounds, right? 50, 60 pounds. The, 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 the biggest I was, I got to 252. I did another podcast and they were like, we want to know the numbers, man. Like we're, yeah. we're looking at these pictures and we're trying to like figure it all yes. out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the biggest I ever was, I was two, 252 pounds. All right. I was 252. I got down to 177 and that was probably over about a 18 month process. Wow. Um, and I mean, that wasn't like a strong fit 177. That was like a, you know, hopefully the wind didn't blow me over. <laughs> right. <laughs> kind of situation. Like I wasn't strong, like I had a decent cardio, but like nothing, nothing to the extent of, you know, I didn't have a lot of resilience, like, 
you know, I just was thinner than I was and, you know, started understanding a little bit more about strength training and, you know, kind of what that looked like. And, you know, I just wanted to be the guy that could, I could play as much as I needed to. I could train as much as I needed to. I could travel. I could be with my kids. I could be with my wife and, you know, not come back from on the road and like, have to go sleep like for- literally look like, yeah. And just kind of be able to do kind of whatever. And, you know, that's kind of my mentality now. Like I want to be able to run. I want to be able to lift. I want to be able to play. Like I want to, you know, be with my kids sports. I want to, you know, do whatever that is to, to be the husband and father that my kids deserve. And, you know, to try to be my, the best version of myself on and off the golf course. And, um, you know, all, all the things that kind of make that happen is, you know, it starts with me and, you know, relying upon the people that I have around me to kind of help you know, make sure I'm, you know, following the process along and kind of be able to live that out every day. Love it. So, so how hard was it to, uh, so you're still playing golf at this time. Like how hard was it to adjust swinging a golf club after losing a, you know, a pretty decent sized child, uh, yeah. from, from <laughs> 75, 75 pounds, like how, how hard is it to, to adjust or is it sort of like a gradual thing? Cause you're playing the whole time. So. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't like I took like a huge break. Yeah. You know, I took a year off and I came back and I was 50 pounds less. I mean, it was, you know, kind of, you know, as, which was probably a positive too, cause I was playing all the way through it. But yeah. I mean, it was unbelievable. Like how much better my body felt like, and I mean, I still lean the shaft quite a bit like through the hit. But I mean, when you're, you can't turn and your right hip is basically like a concrete block. Yeah. Uh, you know, there was a lot of angles that didn't work very well for a guy that didn't move very well. Yeah. <laughs> and so like I had some back problems and hip problems and just stuff that like a, a guy in his, you know, late twenties, early thirties just shouldn't really deal with. And, right. you know, knock on wood, like I'm doing pretty good. I've got an unbelievable PT and trainer and Adam Curley is, can't say enough about him as far as him getting me to this part and, you know, educating me and, you know, continually pushing me down the road and you know, get me to where I am today. And, um, which I man, it's a huge adjustment to just kind of know that, you know, to the furthest extent of the effort, as far as what it took me to get through, you know, just on a daily, a, you know, day-to-day basis on tour. And that's not like I'm crawling like up the stairs, like, you know, barely making it to my bed at night. It's just like, man, I just don't feel like I should, you know, if I'm truly one of the best guys in the world at this. Yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, so, you know, the ability to kind of, you know, go through my day and get done. And, you know, I, I do like the mentality of go to bed tired, um, but it's a different kind of tired. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit more of a self-induced and, you know, try to, you know, sharpen yourself up a little bit instead of, man, I just hope I can make it to eight o'clock. <laughs> right, right, right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I heard somebody put it one time. They say, you want to go to, you want to go to bed. You know, I, I forgot in the way they put it, but it said worn, worn out, not worn down. There's a, mm-hmm. you know, you want to wear yourself out instead of wearing yourself down. I want to be the one to wake up in the morning and be like, all right, maybe I kind of pushed it a little too hard, but I also understand that how to do that kind of reel it back in on the other side as well. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So a couple quick things and uh, we'll let you go. So, um, you played a lot, you played a lot this early part of the season. Um, one in particular, uh, at the Bermuda classic uh, Butterfield championship, 
uh, some of the worst weather I've ever seen uh, on the first round. Uh, first round weather, weather was terrible. The last round uh, weather was even worse. And you go out and shoot 62, and when everybody else is just, you know, blowing up, you shoot 62, jump all the way up to a top five. Like, how bad was it? Uh, the seventh hole, the fairway bunker, uh, was 237 yards to cover, and guys were bouncing their driver in the bunker. <laughs> That's amazing. So they're carrying it professional, 190 professional yards. golfers, carry, yeah, hitting it 200 and you know, five yards for it to roll out and go in the bunker. That's incredible. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah, How like, do you do that? How do you pull that off? Like, what do you, <laughs> you just hit stairs? Oh, man, I, I mean, because that's I just, a that's the, I, I mean, just, you stand over a shot and you, any other day it's a nine or an eight, you know, going in the green and you got to pull a four iron. Yeah. I mean, it's just a different mentality. Like I just knew that I was going to go out there and have a good day. I was fortunate to the fact that I played the back nine. I was one of the first groups off. So I had a good draw, which I mean, anyone that says that doesn't affect rounds like that is a liar. I mean, right. I, I had this situation and, and to be honest, like if the weather had continued, I would have definitely stayed, but I see the Braves Jersey back there. Yeah. Um, that day was truly one of the craziest days ever. So with Bermuda, with being such a small country, there's only one flight a day on each airline back. So oh it's a three thirty flight and I teed off at about eight fifteen, and I get done. I shoot 62 takes me forever to do, uh, media and I was going to try to make the flight because my wife was going with me to Mexico and I wanted to meet her in Atlanta to fly out Monday where she was meeting me, connecting from Knoxville, and we were going to fly together to Mexico. And I, that was just going to be a huge benefit just to be able to travel together down there and, and everything. Um, so I get done, do my media, and I get on the plane, and I finally make it. Um, and I text one of my buddies that lives in Atlanta, and I said, hey, man, you got any interest in going to that World Series game? He's like, I'm on there look, looking right now. And I'm on the airplane. And I text him when the back wheels take off. I said, book him. He picks me up about 6.15. We're in the parking lot about 7.15. Met a couple of his buddies doing tailgate. And a guy handed me some some food and a random beer. And I sit down, and the guy hits the grand slam. And I'm like, what is going on? Let's go. <laughs> that is so We're just awesome. dead by life. <laughs> yeah. And my, my wife's like, buy a lottery ticket, buy this, buy that. Yes. Like, what, what else needs to happen? <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. It's so, like the greatest day ever for it to be if you're, that, you know, if you're a Braves fan and you're shooting 62 and then all of a sudden you show up and, oh, that's phenomenal. Yeah. I, I just, I never knew that. I didn't know if I would ever have a chance to go to a World Series game uh, again. I mean, who knows if I do. Um, but just the whole culmination of that day was that's awesome. Pretty wild. I'll definitely never forget it. All right. We're looking at a schedule. What's the next time you're probably going to be uh, teeing it up? What Palm Springs. At? I'll play five in a row on the West Coast. Palm Springs. So that is uh, – that's obviously the um, – Sony American that, Express. American Express. Okay. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. You're going to play five weeks in a row. So be on the lookout for that. Be on the lookout for that. And then you're – we wanted we, we wanted to ask this to a tour pro because we kind of got an argument over it, and this will be – we'll let you go, promise. Okay, so the scenario is – you can hit you. you can hit your drive. You're in the middle of the fairway every single time, 300 yards at 300 yards in the middle of the fairway every single time you hit a drive, or you make every 10 foot putt you look at. What is a 10 footer? I would never even think about it. 
<laughs> we said that we said that it's different. For, we said it's that different for amateurs than pros because we're we never going to hit it 300. So we would take the drive and take our chances on the green just so we can outdrive all of our. That's buddies. awesome. And, yeah, that's awesome. It, yeah, we, like every everybody that does this for a living wants the ten footer. <laughs> like I can I can take gimmies all day. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's awesome. I mean, you know how many ten footers I've had on eighteen and be like, <laughs> I'm done. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. All right. Just walk, just walk in the scores and be like, I made that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Best, uh, best golf movie, Scott, before you leave. Best golf movie? You want like philosophical or uh like no, just true one, golf movie? Just no, one one that when it's on you have to sure. you have to watch it. Oh man. Uh I'll probably have to go more. I mean I agree. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm not I'm not like a bagger vance or anything like that. I mean, I like the movie, but um so francis we met francis we met was pretty good great yeah um, played. that's yeah. a good one yeah. yeah greatest game i ever played uh was pretty good but i mean caddyshack I mean, caddyshack i, mean, I, I think i think caddyshack's great but i didn't grow up in that era i grew up in the you know yeah. billy madison and billy you know, madison happy gilmore. happy yes. happy gilmore and and go from there so Love it. Love it. Dude, but, thanks so much. Thanks so much for this. Uh, so we really appreciate, we really appreciate it. Uh, you did. You're awesome. Uh, and we hope that we get to talk <laughs> again soon. Good luck on the season. And, uh, like I said, just appreciate you doing this. You inspired me. I'm going to go walk nine holes tomorrow. So. <laughs> hey, go get 10 minutes on the road machine before you go back in the house, Scott. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've spent enough time in this gym today. I was doing uh, a little bit of golf stuff and I had my daughter doing, uh, we were doing this core finisher today and I had to leave workouts a little bit earlier, do something in my son's school. And I had to tell my guys I was finishing it. And I asked my daughter, I was like, you want to go with me? And she, she'll count reps and time and everything. And oh, she's down wow. here wearing me out. So, I love it. <laughs> that's awesome. That's, that's awesome. hilarious. That's awesome. Well, do get back to the fam and, yep. uh, thanks again. Hopefully we'll talk soon. Thank you, awesome, man. man. You guys have a great day. Thanks, See, you guys. See you, bro. All right, bye. And he's out. That's Scott Stallings, PGA Tour Pro. And this was episode 101 of the Dad Bod Golf Pod. It's finally the ex- over. The extended version. Oh, broken. <laughs> You've been listening to the Dad Bod Golf Pod. Always stroking. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.